Hey guys, I know you're aware by this point, because I've mentioned it many times on the show, my book is available. It's on Amazon right now. It's doing great and tons of people have bought it and I'm super appreciative of that and I think it's awesome and I'm very, very honored and proud to have put this book together for you because I think it's something that will really help you grow your business. But for a short time, I want to offer this book to you, my listeners, for free. I will send you a digital download, fully edited, full version of the book and all I ask for in exchange is for you to hop on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and give me a rating and review. I would really appreciate it if you do that and send me a screenshot of the rating and review that you gave me. I will send you a free digital download of my book. That's all you have to do. So hop on there, give me a rating and review. It means the world to me. And in exchange, I want to send you my book for free in digital format. So go ahead and do that. Send me the uh, the screenshot at mike at juststartrealestate.com and I'll get you that book immediately. Thanks, guys. You hit their door, you call them, and you text. That's three different marketing strategies. Don't overcomplicate it, totally, right? Yeah. The call and the text are basically free. You have one phone. So yeah. that's what I would really encourage. Totally. You're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. Hey there, everybody. Thank you for joining me here on Just Our Real Estate. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you being here. Uh, I cannot ask for anything more than for you to show up and enjoy the show. That is exactly why I do it. So thank you for doing that. Uh, today, we have a good one, guys. We've got somebody on who has done just tons of deals over the last 13 years, flipping, wholesaling, wholetailing, just a smart guy. Uh, he is the founder and president of the Science of Flipping and uh, the Phoenix Wealth Builders. Uh, he has a top-ranked real estate podcast himself called The Science of Flipping and uh, another podcast called Entrepreneur DNA, uh, just for people going through that entrepreneurial journey. It's not specifically real estate, but it's just about uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, it's awesome. His real estate investing company, the Phoenix Wealth Builder, specializes in purchasing rehabs, wholesaling, wholetailing. So he's doing all of this stuff, right? All the stuff that we talk about all the time. And he's done over 1,500 properties at this point. So he is just a master at finding deals. And he's just a really, really smart guy. We had a great conversation. It is the one and only Justin Colby is on the show today, guys. So I'm excited to bring him to you. Lots of good content, lots of good information. And he just gave up the goods and just all, all kinds of gold bombs being dropped. So I think you're going to like this one. Without any further ado, I give you Justin Colby. All right, Justin, man. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate being on the show and agreeing to uh, talk to my listeners. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is exciting. I, I have uh, on this show, as people who listen to it know, I, I interview tons of real estate investors, but I also bring people on like kind of motivational thought leaders, that kind of thing. But I like it when we get back into like hardcore real estate, which I know what you're all about. You've just done tons of deals that we talked about in the intro. You've done over 1500 deals, wholesaling, flipping, like wholetailing. That's, that's the meat and potatoes of what my people tune into this for. So I'm excited to dive into that. But let's rewind a bit. Let's talk about where you got started, why you got started real estate, what was happening in your life that you dove into real estate and uh, what did that be, what do those beginning couple of years look like for you? Those are the fun years. That's when I was yeah. broke, busted, and disgusted, right? <laughs> that was when uh, I was 25 or 26, if I line up all the numbers correctly. And I was a realtor to start. I'm no longer a realtor. I get questions all the time about that, but I'm no longer a realtor. I was living in California. I started a real estate brokerage. 
in in those times in 2004 and five and six everyone was making money in real estate i mean you literally couldn't not make money so i was doing really well i bought a really expensive condo i bought a hundred thousand dollar car i would you know flash my american express platinum everywhere and just you know every month i'd be paying off forty thousand dollars in credit card you know charges of nonsense right because i was young so 2007 hit and i lost it all world shut off all these different things new home sales were stopped um foreclosure on my home repo man took my car which is a little bit of a funny story uh which we can get into a little bit later but uh you know walked away from it all and, and went to my friend basically started sleeping on his couch and this is right about the time you started to see some online stuff about like no credit no money no problem you yeah. can flip homes and yeah. get checked like these yep. like 07 was just when that stuff started uh Yep. Come out. Now it's everywhere, right? Totally. Yeah, I actually um, got started about the same time. I started in 08, so it was in that weird weird time too. Maybe you'll get to it in your story, but I'm curious why you are no longer a realtor, why that stopped. Because a lot of people t ask me too, I'm not a realtor also, but a lot of people say, should I be a realtor? Do I need to be a realtor? Isn't it make it easier? Am I going to know more? Am I going to be more successful if I'm a realtor? So I'm curious to hear why you're not a realtor anymore. Yeah, so first of all, I was in California when this all happened. Okay. Right now I'm in Arizona. Ah. I went 90% through all those ridiculous classes and decide, I think I have whatever, four classes left, three classes. Like I'm like about four hours away of the 90 hours. Yeah. And I just said, why, why I'm not going to do it. Now, when I get asked that question, I actually advise nowadays it's actually probably more advantageous than it was previously. Back then it was this pride thing. Arizona specifically was like the wild, wild west. You could move a lot freer. You could do some things that are very much in the gray area. Yeah. There was no like realtor board. What, you know what I mean? You really? literally could do stuff. And then it became a pride thing over time. Like I'm not a realtor. I can do whatever I want. And yeah. I always kind of bragged about it right or wrong. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now when, you know, when my students ask me or when I, you know, I'm on a podcast or whatever, it's like nowadays it's probably more advantageous to have it than not. Okay. Um, and so I would actually probably spin the other way. As a matter of fact, um, he may walk into my office at some point, but my manager, uh, I put him all the way through the school now and all he has to do is take a test just so that we do have that component. Yeah. He's not an owner of the company, but he manages my entire company. And so, okay. Um, yeah. So I, you know, there was no real reason actually. It was kind of funny. I went all the way through the classes in Arizona and stopped. Yeah. Um, I always tell people I'm not a realtor and it's, I, I'm with you a little bit. It's funny you say that. I've always kind of, especially in the past, it's been a point of pride. Like I'm not a realtor. You don't have to be a realtor. I don't, you know, whatever. But I always tell people access to the MLS is pretty important. Like you either need to be a realtor or you need to partner with a realtor or at least get access, like figure it out. If you're charming, get access. If you're not get your yeah. license because you need that, right? You need that access. I tend to agree. I mean, I, I, so for years I had a buddy who's a realtor and we would actually pay to be his admin. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it was legal. And yep. I'm sure if the board ever find out or whatever, they would say, well, you're not really yeah. whatever. Yeah. I would say, yeah, access really is. Now I would also encourage, and I don't know your relationship with PropStream, but I actually force my team to use PropStream. Yep. PropStream's comps are unbelievable in terms of the service that if you don't have MLS, um, I actually could give you guys, um, I have a relationship with them. So they give me like a promo code to give two weeks free for okay. your listeners to try it out. Okay. Just go to TSOF data. Say it again. TSOF, like the science of flipping. Yep. TSOFdata.com. You'll get, uh, you know, like a two week trial. That way you can mess around with it. 
tsofdata.com. And then I force my team to use it because of several reasons, but it's so good. It's so accurate. There's so much data in there. Yeah. It's really effectively like the MLS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just started so, using it ourselves on our team. We just started using it. We have access to the incredible. MLS, but we're using it for all, all the other things that it does. It's kind of cool, right? It's got a lot of cool yeah. features. So awesome. But I like yeah, it. I mean, if you can't do that, I would, I would really suggest getting an account to PropStream, right? Okay. And so we have kind of their, uh, whatever they would call it. They call it the, uh, what is the big, account? like enterprise account, yeah. whatever. Yeah. That way I can have a bunch of, anyways. Awesome. So that being said, um, yeah. So that, I mean, kind of go back to the story. So it was 2007, broke, bust, and disgusted. Yeah. And I, it was just where you started to see credit, no credit, no money, blah, blah, blah. And when my buddy and I, he was in the new home build segment of the world and he was losing his job. And so we both just kind of agreed. We just both kind of agreed. Um, let's go into investing, right? We're both smart. We both understand real estate, yada, yada. Yeah. And that's how it all took off. It was out of desperation. I always find, you know, pain is more of a motivator than the carrot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, at least for me. And I think for, I mean, I think there's like a scientific stat that basically says humans are more motivated by pain than they are by yeah. feeling good and, and wins. Yep. Um, so that's where it was. At. I was literally broke. I couldn't afford to go by like my friends would say, Hey, let's go grab a burger and a beer. And I'm like, well, you're paying. Like I don't have any dollars. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's a great point though. Right. You were kind of, you were broke, busted and disgusted. You talked about it. So you said to your buddy, let's let's start investing. We're smart. We can do this. And that's that's all fine. But I know the question that people have when they hear this is, well, that's great. But A, where'd you find deals? But B, more maybe more importantly, how'd you finance them? What were you doing? Like, how did you actually get the what you you know, capital or whatever you needed to get started? How did you do it? Yeah. Yeah. So the times were a little different than they are now. So I'm going to use some stuff that may or may not pertain to people. Sure. But back then there was something called transactional funding that was really, really big, right? Wholesaling. I didn't even know what wholesaling was. Yeah. No idea. Never even heard of it. No one taught. I didn't have a coach, no mentor, no nothing, right? Wholesaling yep. was not a thing. Mm -hmm. So I had to buy it. Why? I had no money. But there was things called transactional funding, which would basically fund it same day, and then the simultaneous close would happen same day. Very worst case scenario is the day after. Yeah. Now it's expensive, right? They would charge two points yep. for basically funding the deal for 24 hours most. Yeah. That is really expensive money. If you start to look at that, that is sure. like great model, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we started to use that um, after our probably second or fourth deal, some, you know, small amount of numbers of deals. I actually had a buddy uh, who had some money and said, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in, in throwing you guys some money because it's just sitting in my account. Okay. And then that started, you know, but how did he even know that you were in, could need the money, right? Simply talking about yeah. it. So we literally were going to a 49er football game. I haven't seen this buddy in five or six years. We're throwing the football around before the game. Uh, I hear my name. Hey, Colby. And I look around and it's him. He's like, what are you up to? What's going on? Da, da, da. And this is before social media, right? So it's yeah. not like he can stalk me necessarily. It's 2007. Yeah. Maybe Facebook was out, but you get my point. Yeah. Um, and so, I, you know, we're flipping homes and he's like, dude, I love, he's a fireman. I was, he was like, I love that. Like I have some money that, you know, can you use it or whatever? It's just sitting there. We're like, absolutely. Let's talk about what you're looking to do. And, yeah. and but that's what I tell everybody. If mm -hmm. you just talk about what you want, don't go out and pitch it. Yep. Don't go out and be like, you know, but if you're just like, Hey, business is great. You know, we're looking at more deals than we even have money for. If, if 
you know, anyone's out there that has some money, I'd be interested in talking because I got so many great opportunities. Yep. That kind of conversation, putting it out there, talking to people about it. Totally. When people say, how's business? Saying, hey, it's really going good. I have so many opportunities. Now I'm just kind of looking for more lenders, more people to yeah. lend money. Yep. But business is great. That simple one little comment right in the middle there, people say, well, how much do you need? Uh, what do you give? What are the terms? Yep. You know, how does this track? And next thing you know, they're doing what's called buying questions. Yep. They're interested. They want to be sold this opportunity. Totally. Now it's just for you to structure it. 100%, man. I tell people the same thing. Everyone gets all caught up like, oh, I need this investor packet and these prospectus and all these spreadsheets and I, I don't have enough. Like, man, dude, just talk about what you're doing. Just talk about no it. You'll get pe people get excited. The people who are interested in investing, they will they will gravitate toward you. Just just talk about it. Just make sure 100%. people know. So that's awesome. That's how I found on my money too. I didn't pitch anybody. I never I've never had an investor packet. Like I've never I've never made one before because you just people find you when you start talking and you're excited. Like you said, you're excited about what you're doing. People want to be a part of it. You know, everybody wants to flip houses. They just don't have the time or the the knowledge or whatever it is, but they have the money. But, and they and especially like then, because that was right when Flip This House on A&E started. Yeah. So everything was a little bit of that timing. Mm -hmm. Now you go around anywhere and just flip this, flip that, right? So, yeah, totally. but people want to be excited about that, right? How many doctors and dentists and, in my case, a fireman, like, that are like, yeah. man, I love that. I love real estate. I love these shows. I want to be somehow a, a part of it but they don't have the time. Yeah. So let's be clear. Now you, you talked about transactional funding and you explain what that is. And so people know, so it sounds to me like you were finding deals. You were finding opportunities at a, at a discounted price. You were getting them under contract and then finding a transactional person who could close on it A to B with you. And then you had a buyer on the back end, whether, I don't know if it was homeowners or investors at that time, but you were closing on the back end and they were bringing their money to closing. Were you doing any work to the properties at this point? Or were you just no. buying them high and uh, buying them low, selling them high? Okay. Effectively, I was wholetailing yeah. them, right? That's yeah. Where, so I, this was my secret sauce. I'm a people person. So I literally were, was cold calling realtors all day, every day on my phone, not on Mojo dialer, right? One by one, yeah. I would effectively have a goal for about a hundred people a day, hundred agents a day that I needed to call. And I would pitch them this vision of what we were doing. Mm -hmm. We're the new hot kids in town. We're going to be flipping a bunch of homes. You want to work with us. Here's how you get paid. Here's how you make a lot of money with us. Da, da, da. Yep. So after how I have thousands of conversations with realtors, thousands of laugh, you know, people laughing at me, thousands of hangups, I got a realtor that believed in me and understood it. He was an ex-baseball player because out in Arizona, there's all the baseball players and spring training and stuff. Yeah. His wife basically was like, get the hell out of the house, like stops because he was retired now, right? Yeah. So he was 28, multimillionaire, now retired. Uh, so he got into real estate and he just understood. He vibed with me. He was like, I get it, bro. Let's go. Yeah. So he was making off like, I don't know, 20 to 30 offers a week. Um, he actually not only found our first deal, which took nine months, mind you. Okay. So it was nine months of me calling. Yeah. So when people talk about fortitude, like I'm just in the middle of this book called fortitude, highly suggest it. It literally describes everything. This is what I've described forever. My business career, right? Like, how did you make it? Well, dude, I, first of all, I don't come from money. I didn't have money in my back pocket. I didn't have some real estate mogul. I'm not Donald Trump and have a real estate mogul dad who left me his, right? right? Like, I just had fortitude. I was willing to endure pain when other people can't or won't. And that's what I did. Yeah. So after all that, you know, it took nine months to get our first deal. We got our second deal almost simultaneously, which is how it always happens. Yep. It's the momentum, right? You 100%. ride that momentum. And my realtor not only found the deal, but and found the buyers for us too. Wow. Were these investor buyers or were they like homeowner buyers? 
homeowner. Okay. The, and the reason being is because we were going after newer property that really yeah. didn't need a whole lot of work. Oh, but nice. I was able to find 10 grand there yeah. where after the fees and after everything, I was able to walk away with seven. Yeah, man. I tell so you what, was, that, that story that you just told, that's exactly what sometimes frustrates me with folks that, that I talk to, newer folks, and they'll go, well, I don't have any money for advertising. I don't, I don't have any money. Or I, It's like, you don't, do you have a little bit of time? Do you have a little bit of like, you know, grit? Like, are you willing to make calls and just be rejected for a while? Like, you can do this without money. You can, you can do this business. I don't care where you start or what your situation is. There's a way to do it. The problem is for a lot of people, it's going to require some hard work, right? It's not going to be easy for, for most of us. So I love that. Just cranking on the phones for nine months. Like most people would do that for a week, maybe yeah. a month, maybe two months. And most people yeah. would not endure it that long. Nine. Yeah. Let's it, get in there. Yeah. That, that's pretty intense, man. That, that, I mean, did you, during those nine months though, did you ever like have the conversation with, with your partner or with yourself where you're like, I'm not calling him. I'm sick of this crap. I'm not doing this anymore. A hundred percent. Yeah. There, I mean, I couldn't tell you when that started, but there was definitely a time when I was just like, I'm fucking done. This is, I can't figure this out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. I had that conversation with myself. I would vent to my business partner, which we didn't even have a deal. There was no real business. Right. But he was a buddy of mine and we were trying to do this together. And a hundred percent. And I think yeah. that the main characteristic again, that separates me from a lot of people is this, I know what I want to achieve and I'm relentless in trying to achieve it regardless of when I achieve it. Yeah. And I think that regardless part is what really separates me is, is all the hoopla and the rah, rah. And, you know, I think a lot of people get caught up in the Grant Cardone world, like just the, the rah, rah, you need to, but they don't realize regardless of when that's the key component. Um, Tony Robbins has a quote, I will forever quote, which will be people overestimate what they can accomplish in a year. And they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10. Totally. And I will forever quote Tony Robbins with that because it quite literally describes me and my belief system, which is, you know, listen, I just got married last year. I'm 39 years old. And I knew I wanted to get married. I knew I wanted a family, but I was unwilling to just do it just to do it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so all that kind of stuff plays into my personality of who I am and in realizing you can get exactly what you want if you're willing to A, work for it, but B, have patience. Totally. Yeah. I love that, man. And I love that quote, by the way, too. It's one of my favorite quotes as well, because it's, it couldn't be more true. Like, you know, I, I, some people are starting this business like, well, what, what's your goal by the end of the year? I want to flip a hundred houses. It's like, all right, I'm not saying you can't, but tap the brakes. That's not likely. Right. But in 10 years, it's like, you know, I want to do a hundred houses by the end of the year. In 10 years, I want to be doing 150 or 200. It's like, wait, what's this disparity? Like, why right. couldn't you be doing 10,000 at the pace that you'd be on it that first year? But yeah, people totally over overestimate. And then the problem is they overestimate because they see what somebody else has. They're impatient and they just want to be there right now. And when they don't get there, they're discouraged, even though they might've had some good traction and might've actually not been so bad, but they didn't hit their goals. So they get really, or the, worse, they get into end of Q1 and they go, well, I'm off pace. I'm never going to do That's it. Right. right. So then they just quit. So I love that quote as well. Talk to me about finding deals. Like this is like one of the most important and I think hottest subjects that I talk to folks about now is finding deals because I started about when you did about a year, maybe a year later, year and a half later. And back then, finding deals was easy. Like I was making offers on the MLS and I was finding deals like nuts because everyone was foreclosing and all this, you know, st short sales, all the stuff that was happening back then. 
And then the economy got better and house prices are going up. So when you're in an, uh, an, an economy or when you're in a market that is more of a seller market and things are going well and going up and house prices are going up, sometimes it can get more challenging to find deals. So I don't know what it's like in your market and mine where it's red hot right now. I mean, people who are who are held back by COVID are like freaking out. Now there's everyone wants to buy and it's nuts. But how are you suggesting or how are you finding deals right now in today's market? Yeah, and I guess... Not knowing, do you have more newbies or do you have more kind of experienced listeners? Do you know what your there, audience There's is a like? mix of both, but let's talk to the newbies because I think yeah. sometimes experienced investors <laughs> also are like perking up when you talk about finding deal, finding leads, right? Or deals. No doubt. So as a moment in time, my marketing budget is much larger than it was when I first started, right? Sure. And yeah. so uh, for those of you, I would rank these marketing strategies in terms of highest motivation to seller, but highest cost. So PPC, pay-per-click advertising on Google has the highest motivated seller you could possibly get, mm -hmm. but it also has the highest cost. So unless you have a strong marketing budget, I would not do that. Yep. Direct mail falls second, but because of the bad callback ratios these days, because everyone's doing it or whatever the case may be, it the cost is also very high. So that has the second highest motivation. Um, if you don't have a large marketing budget, I also would probably eliminate direct mail. Um, I still love cold calling and now this new text message ability. I actually am repping my buddy's company. I don't know if you can see it, but Launch Control okay. um, is my buddy's company. It's phenomenal. We have four four girls on it every single day. What is what is and Launch Control? What does it do? It's a text message. Text, okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Um, okay. And then I don't know if they take everyone on because I think they are selective with their clients. Um, so if, if anyone does go over to their website, just let them know Justin Colby sent you and they okay. give a little bit of a like, all right, you're not, you know, at least you came from a reputable source because he's my buddy. Yep. He knows who, you know, I would tell him to say that anyways. But then, you know, there, there's something that I will tell everyone all the time, hell or high water. I don't care how many years you have. The one missing link is driving for dollars and it's because people don't want a door knock. Yep. And if people aren't willing to do that, then you should be doing it. Yeah. And especially if you don't have any money and yeah. I've created plenty of trainings on how to do it virtually and how do you use Google maps as well as, you know, deal machine and, yeah. and how to do that. So you're not just driving aimlessly. I've showed how do you can actually build a team around that. You can actually hire people if you have some marketing budget yeah. to go do it for you. Like I've created a lot of training around that because I firmly believe if I had to start all over again and actually you and I talked about this, I am doing a five day live challenge Starting July 6th, I'm not certain people will hear this by then, but I'm literally taking the premise of if you made me start all over, what would I do exactly to go get deals yeah. in five days? And the challenge will be to go get a deal in five days, which I know can happen based around what I know to be viable. So yeah. that's how I would be. Those are my marketing strategies. You need to have more than one marketing strategy at all times, right? Totally agree. So I don't care if that's door knocking and cold calling. You're already there. You know, Deal Machine's an incredible app. It'll get you the phone number. So if you knock their door and they're not there, then also call them. That's two marketing strategies. Yeah. You're already there. Yep. You already yep. have the app that gives you the phone number. So yep. don't don't get crazy. Like don't overthink it. Totally. Right. Yep. Then you have the phone number. And if you use something like launch control or even just simply text them on your phone, just like I did when I was broke. Yeah. Right. I didn't have launch control. Launch control cost me five hundred dollars a month to have access to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of money for someone starting out. It's a lot of money, right? Totally. Well, dude, if you already have the phone number because Deal Machine Skip traces that one individual house, you hit their door, you call them, and you text. That's three different marketing strategies. 
don't overcomplicate it, totally. right? Yeah. The call and the text are basically free. You have one phone. So yeah. that's what I would really encourage. Totally. And Deal Machine, I, I've, I used it in the past. I don't I don't use it as much anymore. But it, it also will send a postcard, right? I mean, you can send well, the mail. Well, you literally right? can do everything yeah. through Deal Machine. Yeah, totally. And, and if it's driving for dollars, we're not talking about 10,000 postcards. It's dozens or, you know tens of dozens or whatever, you know what I mean? It's not like you're sending out thousands. So super cost effective to send out that. So like you said, card, text message, phone call, knock on their door. Like you could, you could do four very easily, even if you incorporated Without that. a big budget, right? Yeah. And then it's effectively having, being able to gather enough properties daily that you yeah. could sit at home and be calling all day. Totally. I love cold calling. I started with cold calling. So I always kind of encourage that because there's nothing better than getting on the phone with somebody. Totally. Again, you're going to have plenty of hangups. You're going to have plenty of FUs and yep. had to get my number. You're going to have that. Yeah. Who cares? So you're still cold calling today then. That's part of, oh, your, yeah. part of your deal. Okay, cool. So talk to me about iBuyers. For people who don't know what that is, what is it? Yeah. How, how, do you, how does that affect your world? Like, What are you doing with that whole iBuyer situation? Yeah, well, and they're huge here in Phoenix, right? Yeah. So. Um, open door and offer patterns, probably to the largest names yep. and they are buying at a very high price, right? In terms of ratio, I should say a lot of times market value because they aren't looking to make profit on the flip. They only want to profit in the fee they charge when they buy. Okay. That is their only intention. Okay. Right. Um, and I've been on a lot of calls with some of the executives in open door and offer pad to really understand what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, how have I been able to capitalize on those big boys who basically are eliminating small little guys yeah. is by playing with them, right? And if you can't beat them, join them. Totally. So I have found realtors who have direct, in their business model, they will not accept assignments. You have to own the home outright. Well, they do a two-week inspection, a real inspection. This isn't like wholesale world, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not willing to take a risk on buying a home based around the power of their word if they're going to come back and renegotiate with me because now I own a home that effectively only they would buy based around their buy criteria. Yes. But I have realtors willing to, that they work with, that have their account that can put in an offer. And so what I do is I take the home and I send it to the realtor and say, how much would Open Door pay for this? And then I bring Open Door's offer to the homeowner saying, here, I'm out of this. I'm actually, the agent is, I just put you together with the open door. They can offer $30,000 more than I can. I hope this helps. Yeah. My relationship with the agent is I get paid a commission. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's smart because you're right. The, the problem is you're right. You, you get this and then they come back and renegotiate because they find something in their inspection. Uh, but this is sort of like... <laughs> Hands off, kind of no risk, but just steady I'm, money. I'm effectively wholesaling. Yeah. It's just going to be a small fee, right? Totally. So they're willing to pay 3% to this brokerage that is their partner, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, well, I brokered a relationship with that brokerage yep. to say, hey, I want half of it. Yeah. And here's why. is because I'm going to be in front of hundreds of people every day yeah. or every month, I should say, through my marketing and I can't buy them all. I'm buying yep. anywhere from one to 3% of everything that comes through the door. Yep. Well, what happens the other 95%, let's call it. Well, I could get those offers over to the homeowner and I'll take half. So it's, yeah. it's basically effectively reframing the lead that if I can't buy it as a wholesale, wholesale rehab, or even a buy and hold, right. they will be able to do so. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. I love that because people always, in our industry, wholesalers especially, there's so many deals that they just, scrap you know the good ones will yeah. put them in a database and follow up the bad ones will just 
trash them, right? It's like all this, all these opportunities where you just can't, it doesn't quite fit your model, but there are people whose model it does fit and there's ways to monetize those things. And you, you know, you spent money or you spent time, one of the two to get that lead. So you're basically a lead finder, deal finder for these, these brokers that you're talking to. I think it's brilliant. I think it's super smart and you're right. They're here. They're here to stay. Let's figure out how to work with them. Let's figure out how to, how to make money with them instead of like just complaining and letting them drive you out of business. Like let's figure out a way to get paid. I love that, man. Yep. So what do you think right now, this whole COVID-19, everyone's sick of talking about it. I get that. How has it affected your business? Has it affected your business? And what are you telling people who are maybe thinking about starting in real estate, but they're afraid right now, they're not going to be able to be successful. What, what are your thoughts on all that? Great question. Um, so I have a quote. I have a lot of quotes. I like to read. Um, <laughs> Bill Walsh, what I would argue, the best head coach of all time in the NFL, San Francisco 49er head coach. He wrote a book. Can't remember the name, but you can go find it. He says this. Every football game is scripted, planned for the first six minutes. Every play, every move, every everything is totally scripted. Yeah. Every minute after the sixth minute is an adjustment. Now think about that, right? I mean, that effectively like 95% of the game is adjustments on the fly based around what's happening. That's how I kind of pride myself of how I've been able to sustain for 13 years. Have I made mistakes? Absolutely. Have I lost money on deals? A hundred percent. Like, yes. But the reason I'm able to be able to be here for 13 years is because I've been able to make adjustments and pivot when needed to and, and remained very flexible. I never... The only times I've ever really got hurt is when I chased money in the sense of hmm. I took on a 79 unit development. Like, what the hell was I doing? I'm not a developer. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right. So yeah. um, I say that all to say when COVID hit, the timing for me actually was really good. I'll make this very quick. I actually, these iBuyer companies, my friend started one. He asked me to come on the board and basically start it for him, not for him, but with him. Okay. So I decided to say, yes, it was a big risk on my part because if it doesn't pan out, then blah, blah, blah. Uh, it didn't pan out, but the, the knowledge, I mean, it wasn't a risk knowing what I know now, it was quite frankly, probably the best thing that, that happened to me, but it actually, then I had to jump back into my business in January of 2020. And so I had to go get that machine running again. Yeah. So in March, like, I was already kind of really ingrained in my business again, more so than I ever had been. Yeah. Um, not ever, but in a very long time. Sure. So I was already in it, right? Like not doing the whole being owner, don't be a work. Like I was mm-hmm. a worker. Yeah. I didn't give a shit. Like all pride and ego out the door. Like my business that needs to get back up to where it was, right? So when COVID hit, it was actually really good timing for me in the sense that I was so in touch with what was going on with my business, with the market, that I realized, okay, Here's what's working for me now, but things are changing. How do I adjust? How do I pivot? I took that Bill Walsh quote. And what I did is I always pride myself on always going direct to seller. Always. Cold calling, marketing, agents direct to seller, direct mail, PPC, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I've always kind of looked down on the people that would daisy chain wholesales. Mm -hmm. And it is rampant these days, especially in Phoenix. So, but what I did do is because I've been around for so long and I have so many friends in the industry that are direct to seller, I called them and I said, Hey, listen, I don't know what's going on, but I know I need to continue kind of deals flowing and whatever. And I don't know how marketing is going to react. So let's kind of make a deal. If I get your approval, let me send your deals out, but I won't, you know, do the 50, 50 split or any of that. Like, let's just make it make sense. Right? Like if I bring a buyer, let's have a conversation. What would make sense? I don't want to mark it up. I just want to send it out. And because these people trust me, they said, absolutely. 
right? So I had a handful of people that immediately like, yeah, just send it out. And if you bring a buyer, we'll have a conversation. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that happened. Well, the best part is two weeks into this COVID thing, all my biggest and best buyers who were kind of scared and like, oh no, I don't want to buy anything, blah, blah. All of a sudden, all their stuff was selling on the market because the retail market was still selling and super hot and super yeah. crazy. Yep. Well, now they had no other projects because they yeah. stopped buying for two weeks. So they're calling my phone like, get us anything you can. We need, right? Because they have yeah. money that they have to use. Yeah. This is how they make money. Yep. So coming full circle, those handful of people really built a model in our business that I'm going to use forever now. It will never be not in our business, which is the best way to say it is co-wholesaling, mm -hmm. but I'm using it on a different level. I'm not just taking people's deals and sending it out. I'm doing it with the real deal people that I know that I have a strong relationship with. Yeah. And it's a very open communication where it's like, Hey, you know, Oh, you're making 50 grand on this. Great. You know, are you willing to give me X or if you're making two grand on this, are you willing to give me X? Yeah. Yeah. And that model will forever be in my business model because it is just, it, I mean, effectively, yes, if you ran it at very large scale, you could do really well, yeah. but effectively it pays for my current marketing and plus some and it's yeah. free. Yeah. So that's how I pivoted. It's been amazing. It'll now remain in my model forever. That pride and ego of, I don't sell other people's stuff and I'm always direct. Who cares? I know. I've done the same thing. I've had get out of your way, thing. bro. Like I had to just get out of my way and it's been awesome. So. All right. Let me ask you a question because I know a lot of people suffer from like limited mindset or scarcity and all that. Right. So this isn't how I think. I know it's not how you think, but I like to try to ask the questions that people are asking in their head. And even if they're the wrong questions, I want to get, I yeah. want to give you a chance to address it. And I've struggled with this. I'll be honest, T total transparency. There's been times where I've struggled with this. You go out, you send their deals out to your buyers or, or you even just call your good buyers, right? Sure. And they come along and they buy the house. Are you concerned about your buyers list, your great buyers now having that relationship outside of you where maybe the next time they just go straight to the guy that you, you marketed his deal. Now he doesn't, why would they put you in the middle of that anymore? They'll go, they'll just mar market straight to that guy. So that's about setting the proper expectation with your buyer. And that's where a lot of the breakdown happens with individuals is they're always worried about the deal. They're not worried about the buyer. Mm -hmm. Think about it in reverse. The buyer is what's really paying your paycheck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're the one buying it to get you the sure. fee. Yeah. So every person for that first immediate 30 to 45 days, I would get on the phone personally. None of my team, me get in the trenches. Hey, here's a scenario. I still do my own deals and blah, blah, blah. But because of COVID and I explained it the same way I explained it to you, mm -hmm. I made a model shift. There are times that I am, you know, sending my buddies deal out and I make money off of the, my buddy, not from you. It'll yeah. always be at the same price. You'll yeah. never see a markup. So this is Fred's deal. Um, just want you to know, Oh dude, I don't care where, who's in the middle of it. If it makes sense to me, I'm going to buy it. Yep. Okay. I just always want to be forthright with you about what's happening. You're still going to get deals directly from me that are my deals, blah, blah, blah. And 90, I don't think there's been one that didn't just say, dude, I don't give a shit. Send me the deals. Yeah. And if I like it, I'm going to buy it. So that's the, that's from the buyer's relationship. What I'm talking about is your buddy who has the deal that you're sending out. They the next time me, he gets a deal. Ah, uh, okay. So you're it. still, you're still the guy that they're dealing with the whole, the, the buyer's still dealing because they're assigning it to you. You have control. Gotcha. Okay. And again, yep. I, I don't think I'm not advocating at all for people to get all like, Oh, I don't even want to know my buyers and everyone's going to try to screw me. I, I don't think that's the case for most people, but I know that's the question that people have. That's the immediate reason why a lot of people I know don't like giving their buyer over to another person because they'll go, I'll never hear from these two 
they'll they'll deal with each other. And next time my my friend has a deal, he'll go straight to my buyer and just cut me out. He doesn't need me anymore yeah. at that point. So, yeah, yeah, it's I always have them assign it to me. But here's the reality: if you want to find someone bad enough, you're going to find them. Yeah. PropStream. We talked about PropStream. Yeah. All I tell I teach people how to find buyers on PropStream. Yeah. So yeah. if anyone watches my trainings on YouTube or anywhere, right, you will very quickly be able to find the buyers that I wholesale to. You just have to do a little <laughs> yeah. bit more work. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So I mean. Yeah. And the reality is, buyers are buyers. They want to go where the deals are. You send them deals, they're going to deal with you. So. Yeah, it's a it's a bad it's a bad mindset, but I know sometimes people need to hear the rationale so they can stop worrying about it, and that's that's exactly that's right. what I wanted you to give an opportunity to do. Yep. Listen, man, I, I love all this transparency. You've just given up tons of stuff. You're totally forthcoming and everything you're doing, and I cannot thank you enough because this is a valuable conversation. Everything we talked about from your beginning to what you're doing now and things that you've done wrong, like. All of that stuff is critical. People learn from that, the good and the bad. So right. I appreciate you doing that. Where can people find you? What do you have going on? Like what what can my audience do to, to support you? Yeah, well, I appreciate it. So I have a closed group that I invite all of your listeners to called the Science of Flipping Academy on Facebook. You just have to look it up because it is closed, right? The Science of Flipping Academy group on Facebook. I encourage you all to get there. Just request to join I will have you in. It's all about real estate investing, right? Um, Instagram is the Justin Colby. Go make sure to friend me on Instagram. And then, you know, I'm not much of a big product guy or anything, but I will tell you, I do have two different small groups that I personally coach. Uh, one is the, you know, getting your business launched, the newbie. And then the other is the growth where you're trying to not scale, that's different, but grow your business where you're getting some deals done, but you're trying to grow. Hmm. Uh, I personally coach these individuals. And if people have interest in something like that, then just send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook and uh, we can chat. Cool. And we will have all that in the show notes. So guys, if you're driving, if you're running on a treadmill, don't freak out. Just go to uh, just, start, uh, just Start Real Estate. You'll see this here. We'll have everything for you. So man, thanks for doing this. I appreciate you taking the time. We're all busy. You've got a lot going on. You're a successful guy. So uh, you being on here is cool, man. Thanks for doing it. Appreciate you having me, man. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys, that was a lot of fun. I had a good time interviewing Justin. Uh, did not know him prior to getting on the call with him. I did some research, obviously, uh, and, and I knew of him, but uh, super, super cool guy and just really honest and straightforward, which I love, right? Like he's just, he's you can tell he's been in the trenches. He knows what he's talking about and he's willing to give you know, real advice, not not fluff advice. So, and some of that stuff was a little bit like tough love, right? Nine months of calling and scraping and trying to find deals before he found one. Like it just takes that sometimes. And there's no really reason to be bashful about that or to try to act like that's not the case. That's where people get discouraged and get in trouble when it seems like it's easier than it is. This is not easy. It's not complicated, right? He just got on the phone and started just calling, but it, it's not easy. People give up when they get rejected a lot. So, uh, but that's just sometimes what it takes. So that's an important lesson and an important message. And I'm glad you guys got to hear that from someone who's done just a ton of deals and had a lot of success. And it's just good to know that not only did they start that way, but he mentioned in the show that he, back in the beginning of this year, kind of dove back into his company and, and became very active in the business because he needed to make sure things are going well. So I love all that. It's all good, authentic stuff. And I think it's stuff that you guys need to hear. It's going to help you going forward. So the bottom line though is guys, he didn't talk about making calls. He didn't like wait around like he did it, you know, right? So get out there and, and do it. Like just start, get out there and start your business. Start today, 
start making those calls. So if it takes nine months, you started yesterday, not in a week from now or in a month from now. So get out there and just start. Make today the best day. We'll talk to you next time.